0: On today's show, we look ahead and try to predict the top 10 defenses in the NBA next season. Will Boston repeat as number one? What offseason moves will have the biggest impact? And will there be any surprises? All of that and more coming up next on today's Locked On NBA. You are Locked On NBA, your daily NBA podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, welcome to a Friday Locked on NBA, your daily podcast on the NBA. However, you may be tuning in on YouTube, Odyssey, or your favorite podcast app. Thank you so much for making Locked on NBA your first listen every day. I'm Wes Goldberg here with Adam Matas. And last week, uh, Adam, you and I did the hopeless exercise of trying to predict the top 10 offenses in the NBA for next season. So this week, I thought we could do something even more hopeless and difficult, and that's (laughs) to try to predict the top 10 defenses uh, in the league next season. Now, uh, if you're wondering... As listener why this is more hopeless let me just point out that uh the cavaliers and the mavericks who were seven and who were in the top seven in defensive rating last season um just who would have thought that was going to happen so um this i think maybe even the most irrational fans of those teams would not have expected that so this is hard um i actually did go back and track what the last basically three years of top 10 defensive ratings are um The easy part is figuring out the teams that that's part of their identity is defense. And those teams tend to repeat. But there's always a And and if they had
1: continuity, brought the same guys back.
0: Right. So we'll get into that. We'll also get into some of the teams that we expect to drop out of the top 10 later in the show. But uh, I've got my list one through 10. Uh, You have yours. We have not seen each other's lists. Uh, So we'll start at one then go through the rest um, of what we think the best 10 teams in the league will be in defensive rating next season. So let's start at the top. Uh, no curveballs here. I'm going with Boston. They yeah. finished number one last year by a pretty sizable healthy margin. Uh, they have not gotten worse. You could argue maybe they've even gotten better with the addition of Malcolm Brogdon, but I won't even go that far. I just I don't think they've gotten worse and and internal they're they're young. they've got a bunch of two- way wings. they're really good. Uh, I have no reason to move them down.
1: And they made it look pretty easy. I mean, part of this is does what they did. I mean, there's a couple teams maybe later on the list will say, are they going to be able to repeat that? Are they going to be able to sustain that? Well, Boston, they did it so effortlessly. They did it at the highest levels. They did it yeah. against the best teams. Um, I'd be shocked if they were at top three defensively, and my money is with you. I think they're going to be the number one defense next season.
0: Yeah, so like I said, no surprises to start. I don't know if this qualifies as a surprise. My number two defense. I'm going to go with Philadelphia. Why, of course that have, they were 12th
1: last season. Of course that qualifies as a surprise.
0: Okay, well good then we do have surprises. Uh well they were second in the NBA in defensive rating in the year before last year. Right. Um they were in the top 10 in 2019-2020. This is a team that is good defensively, but there was some we, diff, some interesting shakeups last year with that roster namely trading a bunch of players and picks and stuff for James Harden. Um right. but you add P.J. Tucker, De'Anthony Melton, Daniel House. Uh, you've got Joel Embiid plugging in the middle. From all the reports around James Harden, it sounds like he's going to be at least as good, if not better, than he was <laughs> last year when he was at his best. But I don't even care. Yeah, you know, they really? still have Bible. They still have a bunch of guys. Yeah. There's a, there's enough good defenders there. And Joel Embiid is just – I know we always focus on the scoring with him. He is such a great defender. I mean, he really is. I've got Philly at number two.
1: They didn't make my top ten. Oh, wow. and I, And I was with you in this one way. I couldn't decide whether they were going to miss out on the top 10 or be like fifth. (laughs) I mean, it's just kind of a bet. like they have a lot of upside. Obviously, you have Joel Embiid. You mentioned two years ago, you know, Ben Simmons is an elite defender. He's he's probably a top 10 defender in the NBA. So I don't know that it's totally noise going from such a high rating to falling outside of the top 10 last year like they did. Then you ask, you know, James Harden, not a great defender, not a guy that usually is giving full effort defensively in November, December, you know, January, they do get PJ Tucker. I do think that helps. And I do think that they're going to be a team that simplifies things. I think they're going to slow it down. I think this team is going to remind you a little bit of the Houston Rockets where it becomes more of a half court game. And we know that that helps your defense. If you're slowing the game down, preventing uh, fast breaks. So they have a case to be made. They also get the Anthony Melton who can guard. But I don't know. I still think this is going to be largely an offensive team that carries on the identity of their top players, Joel Embiid and James Harden, both of whom I think this season are going to be more focused on the offensive end mm-hmm. than the defensive end.
0: I think that's a good point. It, it kind of is a high variance thing with them. If they decide that they if Doc Rivers can get that group to be defensively oriented, I think this is probably I think they could be the best defense in the league or maybe not the best because yeah. Harden is is, a, is an issue there. But uh, this is probably their ceiling, but yeah, they, they could just not be in the top 10. Just say, you know what? We're just James Harden, Joel Embiid, you guys go score 30 a night and that's how we're going to win games in the regular season.
1: And by the um, way, that's another variable, not just the Ben Simmons piece, but also you get a different coach and your defensive rating drops. We see this a lot. Sometimes yes. it's, it is a little bit about the leadership on that team. And that's why I say going to duck rivers, going to James Harden as a part of that. I just, I don't know if it's going to be top 10.
0: How do, you want, do you want to tell me your number two or do you want me to keep going on my list? Because you keep didn't going. have Philly in your top ten.
1: Keep going. I'm sure my number three is going to – or your number three will be my number two. I've got Memphis. Oh, wow. No, we we do differ here a little bit. Uh, I don't really know why I have Memphis.
0: This is why <laughs> – <laughs> I feel really good about my ten, yeah. but I don't feel good at all about the order. But I, I'm putting Memphis here. They were, they were seventh two years ago. They were sixth last year. They continue to climb in defensive rating. They're young. They try hard. I think they're going to be really motivated after the way the playoffs ended to just um, kind of come out guns blazing in the regular season because I think they know they need to have a really high seed if they have any chance in getting to to the Western Conference Finals or even further than that. Um, They're young. They play hard. They're really well coached. I think defense is really important to them. I've got them here at number three.
1: I'm guessing the part of the calculus was they're young and they're good defensively. They'll rise defensively. Yes. they're going to be without jaron jackson jr early on and i think that's going to mm-hmm. really hurt them you lose kyle anderson who i think you know a very good connector piece for them on both ends of the court and then you have d melton obviously out of there so and then on top of that i think the broader thing is they're the young team that got over the hump they're no longer sneaking up on anybody they're, everybody kind of sees them going i think in all facets i think we did this with the offensive end with them as well um i think in all facets they take a little bit of a step back is it a major one no they're on my list but I don't think they're going to be rising the way that you do.
0: Uh, We'll see. (laughs) All right, we'll keep going on my list then. Um, I've got the Clippers at number four. This is the team that I really debated whether or not I wanted to go go even higher with them. They could easily be, I think, the best. I think they could be the best defense in the league this year with the way. Look, you've got Kawhi. You've got Paul George. As long as they're healthy, they're going to have a chance to be the best defense in the league. The John Wall piece of it, we'll see how that really works out. They still have Reggie Jackson there, who's okay. Um, you know, and then they have Zubac in the middle. And in the West, I mean, who are the who are the centers you're really worried about? It's Jokic and it's sort of end of list, right? And so, you know, most nights they're going to be just fine with just Zubac in the middle. And Zubac, by the way, is a good defensive center. That's not to poo-poo right. him. They just have no depth behind him. And so, um, and then they can shift to a smaller, kind of switch-everything style. They brought back Batum. They have a bunch of guys. Um, they obviously have Robert Covington and Norman Powell and and good wing defenders there. The more I'm talking through this, I'm wondering where you had them on your list. I'm wondering if I should, if I have them too low at number four,
1: I had them number three. So, I mean, we're right in that same ballpark. Um, you kind of have to go back to the bubble year, 2019, 20, which by the way, wasn't all a bubble year. I mean, it was mostly not a bubble year and they were fifth defensively and their peaks on defense were extremely high. I mean, we saw them really lock up some teams. That was even a year where they had guys in and out of the lineup and yet they still were fifth. You bring in Kawhi Leonard and and, and Paul George, you get those guys back to somewhat close to fully healthy, if not totally fully healthy. And you also just also have so many different bodies that you can throw out there. So for me, they have the safer picks. I don't know if they're going to be like exactly what number they're going to be, but I just would be shocked if there was even relative health, just the the average outcome of health for this team if they were in a top 10 defense.
0: Um, they were eighth last year without Kawhi Leonard and for Paul George for a nice portion of the season, they were eighth the year before that, I believe, uh, the year after the bubble year. Yeah. They were eighth the last two years. We talked about doc rivers. Could he get Philadelphia to buy in as a defense, a defensive oriented team? Tyler's done that with the Clippers. They are a defensive first team. Um, so they're eighth last year again, Paul George for a nice chunk of the season. They're going to have him back assuming, you know, for 60 plus games. Kawhi Leonard, same thing for him. Now, Kawhi isn't the defensive player of the year guy he was in San Antonio, but he's still really, really good on the defensive end. So uh I think all this that's probably their their floor, I think, is number four. Um uh, maybe <laughs> I'll switch him. I'm gonna switch him. I'm gonna officially switch them in the in the Grizzlies. So you and I have, to have the same number three. All right, there you go. Uh, all right, we're gonna continue
1: what I had the Grizzlies sixth, by the way. So I didn't have oh, it that do. much further, but just okay. a little bit further than you. Let's see.
0: You are poo-pooing my Memphis. And I ended up having on six anyway. Uh, all right. We'll continue along with our defensive rating rankings next here on Locked on NBA. Today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your betting needs. Find all of your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat, combat sports, eSports, and even golf. Uh, Bet online continues to be the top online resource for all of your sport wagering information from live in game betting, scores, and podcasts. They have you covered. Let's see here. They have new NBA rookie prop bets. And um, they've got Chet Holmgren at an average of two blocks a game for this season, for Chet Holmgren's rookie season. And I went back and I looked. Uh, the last few rookies who averaged two plus blocks in a season Mitchell Robinson in 2018, 2019, Joel Bede in 16, 17, Pau Gasol. In 2001, 2002, so only three rookies have ever averaged two blocks a game uh, over the since 2000. That's not a lot, but two of them were relatively recently. Um, but I watched him home grid and home, in, in summer league. I don't know, man. The shot blocking skills are there. I think he could do it. I think he'll average. Uh, he averaged two blocks a game in summer league, but I think he could do it in the in, in the NBA in the regular season. So I'd put I'd put some money on that. Um, head to Bet Online today, or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today. Bet Online, where the game starts. Back here at Locked On NBA, breaking down the top ten defenses, what we think will be the top ten defenses in the league next season by defensive rating. Um, All right, just to recap here, I had Boston and you had Boston, but we both had them as our number one in defensive rating. I had Memphis at number three. You had them all. You have them all the way at six. I had Philly at two. You did not have them in your top ten. We both had the Clippers, um, and now my number five defense. I'm going to go with the Phoenix Suns and I really don't even feel great about it, but I really, really? don't know. I, I There's just so many good defenders on that team. McCall Bridges, yeah. Cam Johnson, Chris Paul obviously, you know, gets the house in order. DeAndre Ayton's back. Devin Booker has gotten better at that end. The reason I don't feel good about it is just the icky feeling at the end of last year. And they went like guns blazing, yeah. balls to the wall last season, 63 wins. Let's go for it. This is our chance to win the title. And I just and you you've talked about this in regards to defensive rating and offensive rating. What's the intensity level? How does this team approach the regular season? Are they gonna more coast and just sort of hold serve until the yeah. playoffs come around?
1: Right. Or
0: are they really gonna go for it? And with Phoenix, I feel like they I, I would just be surprised if they have that energy, that intensity to really go for it the way they did last regular season. I actually think they'll buy their time a little bit. That said, I still have them as one of the top five defenses in the league next season because I just can't find a way to make them go lower than this.
1: I'm surprised because this one feels uh, like one of the safe picks to me. I just feel like their defensive floor is pretty high. We know who they are. Um, Your point about are they going to have their foot on the gas pedal all season the way they did the last two? Absolutely not. I think that's the big part of this is they're probably going to take a little bit more games off quarters off halves off possessions off than they did over the last two seasons it's just natural when you've pushed that hard and it didn't work out to say okay maybe it's more about peaking at the right time and this might be a team that approaches this upcoming season that way that being said they're a really good defensive team i think the concerns about their demise you know DeAndre ayton he's unhappy they didn't offer him the contract i think those things are going to be when the dust settles those things will have all been a little bit overstated Now, are they over the hump of what their absolute apex is? Maybe. I think probably just a little bit. Last year was probably their best shot at this. But I don't think that the door is closed on them by any means. And a large part of that is because they have so many great defenders at just about every spot on the court.
0: Yeah, they were third in defensive rating last year. So I just have them sliding down to fifth, just taking the foot off the gas a little bit. Where did you have them?
1: Uh, I think I had them in the same spot. I had them fourth. So I had them, them again, it feels like I'm having them slide, but really it's just the Clippers getting healthy.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, number six, I have Toronto. Okay. I, I have Toronto. Um, this is to me uh, sort of just it, it's coaching, it's personnel, it's the fact that yeah. even last year as a young team, they were ninth uh, in, in, or yeah, yeah, they were ninth in defensive rating. They have a bunch of young guys, Scotty Barnes, all these guys that are just going to continue to get better. Uh, they have Nick Nurse coaching that team. I think there's buy in, I think there's try hard. Uh, they add a nice guy in Otto Porter, who's a, a nice, versatile defender for them, too. So I think all of this stuff just adds to their lift in defensive rating. And and so much of the stuff is just trying hard and good coaching. And you look at the way Cleveland sort of took the league by storm, might be an overstatement. But they ended up fifth in defensive rating last yeah. year, in part because they were so different. And it was just yeah. during the in the course of regular season, it's just a curveball that's thrown to you in a league that mostly throws fastballs. I think Toronto is a little bit of the same thing. Obviously, everybody wants to be long and wants to switch everything, but Toronto is very long and does switch everything. And I think they're unique in that way in that versatility. And so I think it'll be a curveball during the parts of the regular season. and uh, and I think they I think they're just gonna be really, really good defensively.
1: I, I mean, I completely agree with you. to me, they're like Miami and Boston, and that they're these teams that just yeah. kind of always are good defensively. They have the personnel and the identity and the scheme and the coaching and all of those things that you're gonna be a pretty good defense. And then I think there is a little bit. I had them right around that same spot. I think I have them seventh. And I do think there's a chance that they maybe even climb above that. If you look at the post-All-Star uh, break portion of the season last year, I believe they were fifth. Um, you get Scotty Barnes, who's a big part of what they do defensively, sort of the free safety of their defense. And he's a year older, a year yeah. more sort of uh, reading uh, the defense that way. So I, I, I'm i with you. I mean, it's funny. I think we have all but one of the same teams so far on the list. Yeah. Um and in more or less the same order like we're within one or two spots so far in all of these. So I still don't know who your number 2 is. It's wild to me that you don't. I'm kind of uh, surprised. I think no I way. know who
0: it is and I think it's my next team.
1: All right. You know,
0: I don't even feel good about I don't know. I'm going to say it. Uh, I've got the Warriors at number 7. Yeah.
1: yeah, that was my number 2.
0: That's what I thought. You're 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 a Warriors guy. Um uh, look, I'm a Warriors guy too. I just think that they, they they lost some Veterans, and I know like Dante Divincenzo and Jermichael Green, they're there. They're mostly offensive-oriented players. I don't think those guys are as good defensively as what they lost in Gary Payton and Otto Porter. But moreover, I think that this team during the regular season is going to be so focused on getting minutes and, and the development of those rookies, John the Kaminga, Moses Moody, and James Wiseman. And the last time we saw Wiseman, he was very rough defensively, and and even in summer league, I mean, he was fouling everything that moved. And then Kaminga needs a lot of work defensively, and even Moses Moody, I think, is known as sort of this defensive guy. He's he's fine, but he, he he's still just a second year player, and there's gonna there, there's things to to work through with him too. Um, this is not a team that I'm worried about in the playoffs at all. I think this is another team that could be right there with Boston. It's gonna be them and Boston probably is the best two defenses in the, in the playoffs when they start right. t- tapering off those rookie minutes and maybe or, or the young guy minutes, and maybe even those. You know, through through the development of the regular season, they become better by the by the postseason. But in the regular season, I don't think that they're going to drop com- like fully out of the top ten. But I think they're I, they're going to be at number seven. And I honestly, I I almost feel like this is too high for them. The only reason I have them this high is because they're the Warriors, and it's Steve Kerr, and it's Draymond Green, and it's Klay Thompson, and it's Andrew Wiggins. It's that group where they just have a defensive identity and they find a way to get it done on that end. But it's going to be rough, I think, for a little bit.
1: I don't. I think it's going to be great. I mean, here is you followed the Warriors for a long time during you know, uh, yeah, as they were the the greatest team over the last decade. How often did Draymond Green have his foot off the gas pedal defensively over those runs? I mean, not even defensively. Just I don't know if it's in the Warriors' DNA to press the way they did in the seventy three win season. But they never in the in in all the years that they were the top dog, they always kind of made a point to send messages throughout the season. I, I right. just don't see them having these prolonged gaps where they're not defending at a high level. They know who they are. They've got a lot of very, very good defensive players. They did lose some of their veteran presence. Uh, you know, some of some of those guys, the auto, you know, auto porters and Bielitzes, who I think are really good players. Those guys know yeah. how to execute a defensive scheme. They still got Draymond Green. You get a healthier Klay Thompson. I think they're gonna run a lot of teams out of the court on the other end of the court. Um and, and I think their defense is going to be there. I had them two. You could easily talk me down a couple spots. I mean all of these it's so hard. Two, five somewhere in there. Um, but I think the Warriors are going to have another elite defense.
0: Does seven qualify as elite? Because I I'm, I'm I kind of said all this stuff as if they were going to drop to like league average. I still have them as one of the best seven. And, and you know, they could be anywhere. <laughs> yeah. Um, I just I, I do think that there's going to be a concerted effort to say, all right, we're willing to take a step back in whatever our defensive rating is for the regular season to get these rookies some minutes and let them play through some mistakes. But in the playoffs, I'm not worried about that team at all. Anyway, um, number eight. I've got the Milwaukee Bucks. I think we have a return wow. into the top 10 with them. Okay, they, this is the toughest one for me. So did you have them in your top 10? I had them 10. I had them nine. Yeah, so we're in the same space right here. Um, they're going to get Brooke Lopez back. Yep. They didn't have him for most of last regular season. They dropped out of the top 10. But look at the years when they had them. They were ninth in 2020-2021. They were the number one defense in the league in 2019-2020. You have Brooke Lopez, you have Giannis, you have Drew Holiday, you have Chris Middleton. That's a really good def- uh, you have Mike Boonholzer who cares about defense. That's a it's just a good team. This honestly, it could be too low for Milwaukee. I could easily see them finishing much higher.
1: It could be, but you also have Brooke Lopez at 34 years old. And we know that's two – for a big man, especially a seven-footer. You know, the last time we saw him as an elite defender was two seasons ago. So the gap between thirty-two and thirty-four as a seven foot, you know, two hundred and seventy-pound guy. I don't know that you're going to get that consistent 82-game elite defense from. Now, when you have Giannis, you have one elite defender on the court, Whatever he's there, and he's a pretty durable guy. So I don't think they'll fall too far. That's why I had him ninth. But I don't know if it's going to be – they're another team to me that probably needs to peak at the right time, especially with some of their more older veteran players like Brook Lopez. You need to kind of peak going into the playoffs defensively. Mm-hmm. and I don't know if you can count on him to be an 82-elite defensive player the way he was two seasons ago.
0: So you had them at nine. Where, which one am my on, on your list, or have we not gotten to yet? We've
1: got two of them, I believe. A young team and uh, another team very close to you. Okay, so we have two more left yeah. each, right? Okay. Yeah. yeah. I, oh, yeah, we went that. through Miami. So it's really just the young team and then my surprise pick.
0: <laughs> I wonder if our surprise pick is the same. We'll find out next here on Locked on NBA. All right, back here locked on NBA, going through our list of the what we think will be the top ten defenses and defensive rating next season. Then we'll get to a couple of teams that we think are gonna drop out of the top ten. Number nine for me is Miami. They lose PJ Tucker. They and that's a big loss, but I almost yeah. think it's gonna be an even bigger loss because they just don't have a real power forward on the roster now. And so you just think about the the lineup combinations and how small they are, they're going to be. How small they already are, considering that Bam Adebayo is a smaller-ish kind of center. Um, I think they're going to fall. Last year, they were fourth. Yeah. yeah. Last year, they were, they were fourth. The year before that, they were tenth. And that was a similar situation where yeah, they lost know. Jay Crowder after the bubble run. Um, right. They didn't have a true power forward. They were still top ten in defense. And that was a team without Kyle Lowry and had Goran Dragic defending the point of attack. This team has Kyle Lowry defending the point of attack. I think he's going to be better than he was last year. You still have Jimmy Butler. You still have Bam. You still have Spo. You still have Pat Riley at the top of things. They're going to be a good defensive team. They're still going to be a top ten defensive team. I'm very confident in that. I just don't think they're going to be elite like they were last year. I think they're just going to be good.
1: And so uh, you've kind of talked me down on them. I think I had them fifth on my list. And it, it, the the stat about two years ago when they didn't have the reliable power forward, you know that 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 was really interesting to me. They're another team though that's like Boston, that's like Golden State, that's like Toronto. Where I kind of just penciled them in for being elite, they've got a great yeah. coach, they've got a great culture, they've got great leaders who are going to make sure everybody's, you know, locked in on the defensive side. So I just their their floor to me is so high, and this is this is that was sort of the vote of confidence I gave them at five. Now you kind of talked me in. If I redid this list now, I might drop them to seven or eight, but I'm with you. I just I would be very surprised if they were not a top ten defense. I mean, they
0: have Caleb Martin right now penciled in for their starting power forward, and he's a six-five dude that should he's not be skinny. playing that position. Yeah, he's and he's skinny. thin. Yeah, he's not 6'5 like P.J. Tucker, who's 6'5 both ways, right? Caleb right, Martin's right. only 6'5 one <laughs> way. Um, the thing with Miami, though, is they are one of these teams that could make a move during the regular season, and that move could be offensive leaning or that could, that move could be, hey, let's go yeah. find a starting caliber power forward, and then maybe they do, by the end of the season, rise up closer to where you had him at 5. Um, my last team here, number 10. I wonder if this is your surprise team. It's my surprise team for my offensive ratings, too. It's the Minnesota Timberwolves. I've got them at number I two. I knew added. that's
1: where you were going to go.
0: I think I'm a Timberwolves fan now based on these <laughs> last two weeks. <laughs> I don't know what happened. Um, they were number 13 last season, Yeah, which is above average.
1: Yeah. And then they
0: added Rudy Gobert, and that's the end of yeah. my math.
1: It's good math. It's really good math. Um, you know, Rudy Gobert last year, I, part of me, when, when I was first doing this, I had them the same, I had them like seventh. Or something like that. I'm like, if you have a top 10 defense, then you look at Utah last year. Anyway, they didn't have a top 10 defense. So hold right. on, what's going on here? We don't know what this fit is. I think it's entirely possible that they are a top five defense next year and they're just too big and they grab every rebound and you know they shock everybody. I think there's another outcome where Carl Anthony Towns, who's one of the worst defenders in all of the NBA, you know, that that team teams find their vulnerabilities early and are able to exploit it. If you look at lineups, I know Jared Vanderbilt's not Rudy Gobert. They're very different, but he was their defensive ace that was kind of playing a similar role as a twin tower, so to speak. Right. And, you know, that team kind of got cooked as well. So I'm not sure. This one to me, putting them 10th almost felt like I 10th. They'll be 15th or they'll be 5th. And so I I took the bet that they're going to be 15th. I I'm a little less confident that's going to work out for them.
0: So. We have one surprise. Your one surprise team we have not mentioned yet. Can I right. get one guess? Of course. You reveal it. Okay. I really don't know. Uh, it's not going to be Denver, right?
1: You gotta, you gotta, you gotta guess easy, man. You can't overthink things here. Uh I mean, I don't know. you got it right. You got it right. It's the, the Denver. Really Denver. Denver. <laughs> it's the Denver Nuggets. They're fifteenth, fifteenth last year. Fifteenth last year. here's, okay. the, here's the thing. Okay. They were 15th without their second and third best. They add Contavius Caldwell, Pope, and Bruce Brown. Easily the best defensive team of the Jokic era. Easily. And if we yeah. actually look, I think people have this perception of the Nuggets. Of, oh, What were they, 20th on defense all these years? Two years ago, the last time that they had a healthy Michael Porter and a healthy Jamal Murray, they were 11th. Yeah, They were 11th. This is not a team that has like hovered around the fringes of the 20s or something in it. This is a team that has been 11th, 12th, somewhere around there. And this is a more mature version of them. Again, two years of basically disguised because of how injured they've been. But you add some defensive weapons all around uh, and you bring back your core pieces. And I just think Denver's going to be, and it's not elite defense. This isn't putting them, I'm not putting them sixth, seventh here. But I do think that when you look at it, the Timberwolves are the one team that, if you said who are the other contenders around here, to me, the Timberwolves are the only team that I said that fluctuates. Maybe they are elite defensively and it works out. But outside of that, I look at the rest of the teams and I go, no, I think Denver defensively is going to be better than them.
0: I'm razzing you a little bit. I actually don't have a problem with it. I considered putting Denver in my top 10. You mentioned the two years ago, stat, that was the one I was looking at, too. They were 11th in defensive rating, like you said, when they were fully healthy. And Jokic has only gotten better in those two years defensively, right? He is not the negative that he was back then. And and right. even then, two years ago, is was probably a little overstated. I think we've caught up with the fact that he's a pretty good defender and he's definitely a deterrent in the paint just because of his size and and, and you know his in the spark, regular season, and, yeah, in the regular season, and this is what this is. It's a regular season. So I'm okay with it. I really am. Um, all right, so I think there's probably fans of Cleveland, of Dallas, and of Utah wondering. Well, maybe not Utah.
1: I had I had, I had Cleveland by the way. I had them eighth. And didn't have I them see, actually, Yeah, I did have Cleveland eighth, and they're another team that I could just see be really high. I mean, I'm so high on on Evan Mobley, and I yeah. I think he's going to be one of these players throughout his entire career that it's going to be hard not to have a top 10 defense when he's on your roster. They
0: were number five last year in defensive rating and they were fourth in rating before Jared Allen got hurt uh, for Mm. the last couple months of the season. But um, I think, um, look, I I'm assuming Colin Sexton is going to be playing for them next year and he'll be healthy. He only played 11 games last year. Um, Karis Levert will be there for a full season. Um, I don't think he's as good as people think he is defensively. Um, but, and I do think the novelty of like the three bigs will wear off a little bit, you know, with marking in at the three and stuff, which, which, like I said earlier, threw a curveball, I think at the rest of the league, but Evan Mobley is so freaking good. Jared Allen's awesome. Borderline defensive player of the year candidate last year before he got hurt. Um, my thing is they just don't have a ton of two way guys to sort of fill out the rest of the rotation. And I wonder, cause last year they were 20th in offensive rating and, and, and you know, ultimately weren't. Super good. They were surprising. It was a great story, but it wasn't like they were going to win anything in the playoffs. I, I wonder if they try to shift the rotations to lean a little bit more offense with the calculated mm. sacrifice of defense. I don't, I, I, I would, if we did a top 11, I would have had them at 11 and I would have felt pretty good about it. Um, I think they'll, they're going to be one of the better defenses. I just don't have them as, as good as they were last year. I think they'll take a step back and they'll play Con Sexton more, a little bit more Karis Lavert, maybe a little bit less Isaac Okoro and a little bit more of, of some of the other guys. I don't know. That's just a guess. Yeah. Um, and then Dallas, we both didn't have them. They were seven right. last year. What was your reasoning for not having that, the Mavericks in your top 10?
1: Yeah, Christian Wood out there now. You've changed <laughs> what you're trying to do. <laughs> That's, that I mean, terrible. honestly, I don't know how if they're going to be as good offensively. You're going to have an enormous load now on on Luka. Not that he hasn't carried an enormous load for the last several seasons, but I feel like even more so now. I just, I would not. And then also, <laughs> I, this happened with Jason Kidd in Milwaukee a few years ago. He goes there. Elevates him all, uh, immediately in an elite defense. Second year drops off almost entirely. So I, I think there is – I'm curious to see if that repeats itself, if there's a little bit of this, okay, Jason Kidd has a one-year shelf life for, for yeah. improving an elite defense, but we'll see. I mean, They wouldn't surprise me either if they were top 10. They do it pretty consistently, but, um, but yeah, I don't know. I'm, yeah. I'm going to count them on the outside.
0: I like the Jason Kidd first year in Milwaukee comparison. I was kind of looking at them as the Knicks of, in Tom Thibodeau's first year. I think they finished fourth. In Thibodeau's first year, right. and then the year after right. that, they were like, "All right, let's take it easy now defensively. We don't have to try any. We don't have to impress this new guy anymore." Um, and I think that was a big part of why Dallas was so good last year. Is they were just playing really hard. They also benefited from some poor mid-range and three-point shooting variance numbers yeah. uh, by their opponent. I think that'll come back down to earth. And also, they lose Jalen Brunson. I know that he's not a good defender, especially in the playoffs. He could be, um, he could be worked over. But he tries hard, and I think that kind of stuff matters in the regular season. And, and when you lose him, I don't know. Like Spencer Dinwiddie was always supposed to be a good defender. He's all right. Um, Tim Hardaway, kind of same thing with him. They don't try as hard as Jalen Brunson does. And I just really think so much of this stuff in the regular season comes down to just really trying super hard. Um, and uh, And yeah, so... I, I, and and you mentioned the Christian Wood bit. That's that's also a big part of the calculus for me. Uh, Utah was the other team. They finished 10th last year in defensive rating. They drop off because they don't care anymore. They're trying to do games, <laughs> so They drop way off. They they, they could go from number oh. 10 to the worst defense
1: in the league. They could be the oh. worst
0: defense in the league.
1: They got Walker Kessler, who is like one of the best shot blockers we've seen come out. In, I like him you a lot. Know, come out. So, I mean, it's <laughs> a rookie. I don't know how he's much you're going to save a team. But I don't know. If, if anybody could, he's one of those guys that, that could be one of these elite rim protectors right out of the package.
0: Any final thoughts on defenses before we close it out?
1: Not really. This one was significantly harder to do. I think it's just it's easy to see a team and what the, what's their identity on offense. You just know, okay, they're going to shoot. They're going to rebound. They're going to get right. to the paint, whatever. defensively, I mean, you know schemes, you know identities, and you're almost going more off of reputation, I feel, or at least for me, I was going more off of reputation and in, in recent examples than I was uh, on the offensive end where you just kind of put more thought into how is it going to work defensively. I think it's your identity and 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 who you've been.
0: I think you're right, because I really tried to overthink this. I looked at trends yeah. dating back three, four, right. five, ten 10 years. I was trying to figure out what's going on. I was, I was just really trying to rain man this thing. And, and at the end of the day, I think I, I kind of fell on what you did. It was just, who cares about defense? Uh, so much about It's just, do you care about it? If you do, I'm going to put you in my top 10. Uh, and like I said, I feel good about the teams. I, I feel terrible about the order. I have no idea where it's going to be. Um, I think we're on the same page there. All right, that'll do it for us today. Remember to subscribe to new episodes of Locked on NBA wherever you listen to podcasts for 30 minutes of the top stories in the NBA every day. Until next Friday, you can find me over at Locked on Heat and Adam over at Locked on Nuggets. Thank you for making Locked on NBA your first listen every day. Thanks for joining me, Adam.